welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening into today's episode. Today's interview is with Nick from Rise Performance. Nick is a mentor for athletes, coaches, and business owners. His background has been heavily influenced in the health and fitness world, from starting out as a personal trainer, leading into a gym manager, and now a business owner. This has given him the opportunity to host global retreats, mentor people around the world, and allow him to live the life that he desired. He talks about his humble beginnings at a shoe store and how his journey has challenged him to learn the fundamentals of business and personal growth. We touch on how traveling has shifted his perspective, the people who mentored him in life, what's stopping people from thriving in life, discovering what story you're telling yourself and the books that changed his life forever. We also touch on how to structure your business, how to set your price for your services, and what you need to start doing to start changing your life for the better. Thanks so much for listening in. Enjoy. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Really appreciate you jumping on and um, sharing some of your wisdom with everyone listening in. Before we get into it, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, man, thanks for having me on. So my name is Nick Davidson and my company is Rise Performance. What do I do? Uh, I call myself a performance coach in that I work with a lot of uh, athletes and coaches, gen pop, to be able to be their best physical person. Uh, but primarily I work with PTs and gym owners and helping them get new clients, scale their business and travel overseas and do cool training experiences. <laughs> Epic. Yeah. And I've seen so many like your stuff on Instagram, like your retreats and um, your handstand program. Um, we'll dive into that a little bit later, but it looks absolutely epic. Um, before we dive into, you know, a little bit more detail on that, um, I wanted to dive into a bit about like your upbringing. What was your upbringing like? Um, did you have any influential people in your life that may have shifted your perspective to pursue this, this path? And um, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah, cool. Upbringing, like, to be honest, uh, I, I listen to some people's stories on podcasts and it's wild and amazing, but I think maybe I'll resonate more with just the general normal upbringing in that, you know, I, I was just passionate about my sport. I love basketball. I would play it before, during and after school. Any break we got would be on the court. Um, and then just throughout high school, transitioning into post-school, it's like, what do you want to do? And naturally, I just wanted to keep playing sport. So I ended up kind of falling into a personal training role, to be honest. It was kind of like, it was almost like a newspaper clipping kind of thing. My mom was like, hey, how about you do this? I'm like, fine. (laughs) But but then the idea of like, oh, I'm going to be a specialist personal trainer coach who's going to work with elite athletes. I'm going to, you know, 
train NBA players and all that kind of stuff, which, hey, that's your dream, go do it. But for me, it was kind of just spontaneous. I'll do this. This sounds like a cool lifestyle and cool to work with those people. And obviously I look back on that and it's so different now and I'm so grateful for where it's ended up. But yeah, so it was kind of a lot of high school, cruisy, you know, upbringing, very comfortable, kind of fell into PT. And then from there, I found myself just gravitating towards inspiring people within the industry and outside of, but mostly within uh, that kind of prompted me to want to be a leader and wanted to be in a position where I could not only directly help someone one-on-one and support them, but then, you know, there's a ripple effect with how many people they help and each life you change, so to speak, uh, just via the vehicle of health and fitness. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of my upbringing. It's, it's, um, it's interesting though, because like I've had a few people on and, and you know how they talk about like, you know, what's your upbringing like? And it's in, in I, I find it so interesting when I talk to people because they always go, Oh, my story's not like that, like, you know, whatever. Mm. And, you know, I always think it's interesting because when I, people talk to me and they're like, Oh, I haven't had a hard life. And it's like, well, you, you know, system doesn't understand the difference between whether what happened to you or what happened to you. And there's no real difference in like your perspective versus someone else's perspective in the sense of what's bad. Um you know, we all experience the same things. And I think it's always interesting because you've, you've already like touched on a few unique things. Like you, the thing I like is so many people are trying to seek an experience or something that is unique instead of like being not common, but not even normal, but just like not needing to go to the extremes because so many people like, Oh, this happened to me at this age. And that's why I'm here and blah, 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 blah. But there's a, there's a big group of people there, right? Who've had an upbringing. They haven't had that. And they're kind of the outsiders now because they haven't had, you know, some of the challenges that some other people have had. So I always think it's good to like resonate. It's like on those things for people listening in that you don't have to be in this category to do something really amazing. And you don't need to be feel ashamed for being in this category either. Cause sure. it, it, it seems yeah, to be yeah. something in this day and age, right? Where people like it's fantasized to have you know, hit your head against the wall and make things harder. So you've got a better story. Yeah. Um, I like how you kind of like just got the newspaper clipping and just started it. That's sick. Cause I was pretty much similar when I started my PT career back in the day. I, um, I saw an ad on TV of all places and we've changed, not Facebook, not Instagram, none of that. Um, on, on TV. And I said to my mom, I was like, Oh, that looks really cool. I'd love to do that. Because, you know, for me personally, training like completely shifted my perspective, um, physically, mentally, the whole shebang. And pretty much the same as you, I'll just see, see where it goes. And then obviously it unravels those layers. And the more you go into like, I guess, like that self-discovery, as you know, the more you're like, oh, there's a lot more possible here, here and here. Yeah. What What was it like for you, like going through your the start of your PT career to where you are now? Like what's been some of the... I guess, dare we say it, challenges <laughs> that like you yeah. face yeah, in, you know, professional, personal, whatever it is, because not everything in the, that, that, that yellow brick road is a path in front of you most of the time. Yeah, for sure. No, totally. And, and they come in many different forms, right? And I guess if we look at it as my story, yeah, that's where I kind of really, I found that career became the catalyst of becoming the person I am, I guess you would say that part. Um, so for me, initially, PT course, fine, you know, no problem. Enjoyed it, loved it. It was like PDHP in school, which was the best subject ever. So it just kind of continued that 
what kind of happened afterwards was when I finished, I was working at a shoe store, <laughs> yeah. selling shoes for next to nothing, making no money, just trying to survive to the weekend till my next pay on Monday. Um, and I got to this point where I'd finished my PT course, but I was still just selling shoes. And I was like, okay, this wonderful thing's going to happen. I'm going to finish my PT course. And then everyone's just going to want to train with me. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like thinking you bought a lottery ticket, you know, like when you launch your first website or whatever it is, everyone's just going to go there. Yeah. And then uh, I started training some friends like mums and stuff in the park, like, you know, 20 bucks, like super cheap, the classic thing. I'll start an outdoor BT business boot camp, and everyone will do it. It kind of got to the point where I'm like, uh, and there was a guy I was my buddy who I was working with at the time at the shoe store. His whole dream was he was going to go become a real estate agent, get a job there, blah, blah, blah. And I was going to become a PT, go to that. And then he frigging got a job. And I'm like, what? I'm still here selling shoes? Like he beat me, you know what yeah. I mean? Kind of thing. So that was really motivating. So I then started looking for jobs. I went and got a job at Vision Personal Training uh, and I worked there for seven years, which massively upscaled, I guess, my communication skills, my sales introduced me to, I guess, gym-based strength a lot more. Um, pros and cons of working for any business, but I guess the challenge was there. I, I hit the ceiling and kind of finding I love the people. I love, you know, training people, getting results. I don't like being boxed in to someone else's franchise or way of doing things, uh, which you get anywhere. And then I kind of realized at the end of it that I loved managing and growing business and developing and coaching trainers, as well as um, making them athletes as well. And PTs are always good like that because they're super determined to be uh, full-time athletes as well as running a business yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So the challenges, I guess, through that was, you know, you just, I was growing the ladder and I kind of hit point where I was going to open a vision. And then I kind of thought to myself, or <laughs> this is over, this is a very con <laughs> condensed version, but um, what am I doing? You know, I'm, I'm literally just following a ladder, a career path. I don't really know if that's what I want. It's just the next step in front of me. Uh, and then I pivoted. So that was, that was a tough period of time deciding what to do, uh, which is a wonderful thing really. But you know, at the time it was like, where do I go? What do I do? I'm not happy staying the same. I want change. I don't know what growth looks like. And then I started outsourcing and learning from other people, doing lots of other little courses, Keegan Smith, Ido Portal, um, doing strength and conditioning courses, gymnastics, going to handstands, a whole heap of different stuff and kind of formulating my own, I guess, methodology of what I see as health and fitness and movement-based practice and what I think the world should have and be all be doing. Mm. Um, and then I wanted to launch my own company and I ran that side by side, managing another gym. I left Vision and moved to another gym. You're getting the full story now, man. Here we go. Hey, let's Strap get in. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forget what the original question was very quickly. Uh, and then uh, I found my next biggest challenge was I'm running my own business and I'm trying to grow that, but I'm managing another gym and that's taking up the majority of my hours per week. So how do I split my brain in half to make sure both are functioning well? Like is my business growing plus am I performing where I am? So I'm getting good pay. Uh, and then, you know, that goes deeper. Then you want to go all in. I went all in on my business but it was kind of a half-half. I kept as many PT clients as I could while growing that business. And then I guess let's just accelerate a little bit further to now, which is where I'm just all in on my own business uh, and in a position where I've made that shift to really put the time into it that I feel it deserves to make it work. Yeah. Mm. So a few challenges sprinkled through there, <laughs> big ones. And, and, and the thing you, you find like 
and this can relate to any business or any personal growth experience or whatever it may be, because there's always these points in life where we hit like this road and then there's a brick wall that suddenly appears in front of us. And it, whether it be like, you know, there's so many different things, right? There's emotional. It's like, Oh, I'm not worthy enough. Or it might be like, Oh, I don't have the skill set enough or, Oh, I just don't know the right people or, you know, all these objections fly all over the place and it's like getting slapped in the face. Um, so it's like what between that, that point from like being like, shit, where am I to, all right, I'm here now. What are the three things from that experience that allowed you to actually take the leap and just do it? To going all in on my own business sort of thing? Is that what you mean, that leap? Yeah, and making it work. Yeah, not the leap from training people's mums in the park. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, yeah, no, the the bigger leap. Um, There was a couple of things. So number one was, I guess, recognizing in myself that I had everything I need. I know that sounds very, but you know, I have everything I need in front of me. And people say that all the time. You have everything you need right now to be successful. You just need to, you know, action up, whatever. But for me, like I had, I had the clients who wanted to pay me. I was already felt confident enough charging more. I was running the sales in the gym. I was selling, you know, two, $3,000 tickets for people to do these experiences with me. So selling like, you know, 200 bucks a week wasn't a big deal. So I guess I kind of recognized I had everything I needed. The only thing that was missing was like that confidence to take the jump. But realizing what was behind me, I guess you'd say the 10 years of experience or whatever it was at that point, kind of made me think like, if you're going to do it, like now's the time. Like, otherwise you just stay in that same system that you've been in before, because even the jump from working at vision and managing vision to then managing another gym and half running rise, like I was still in the same treadmill, so to speak, if that makes sense, like tight with money each week, still most of my time was being invested in building this other person's gym. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was like, this is the work I'll work part-time at this gym and I'll grow my business. But the same thing happened. I just got so consumed with being at other gyms. So I guess it was the confidence that the only way it was going to work and what was the worst thing that was going to happen. I was just going to move back to live with family and start again. Do you know what I mean? And have to get a job somewhere else. Big deal. So there was one looking back on what I had, the confidence Two, that it was really fail safe. Like what's the worst thing that could happen? I lose a bit of money and then I have to go over it again. And I know I can sell so I can just start again. Um, and then three, let's think three, uh, super supportive no, and family and people around me that just said, fucking go for it. You know, that kind of, Ooh, this might be the first swear word of the podcast, but there you go. <laughs> I didn't check the, uh, criteria on that bar prior, but yeah, probably those three men gave me the confidence to be able to go for it. That's probably a really long list, but off the top of my head. Yeah. That, like knowing that I had everything I needed was big. And it's, it's quite simple really though. It's like, it's three things. It might say like sound complex maybe, but realistically you're just interviewing yourself and asking yourself the questions, finding out the problem and solving the problem. And yeah. it's, it's so valuable to have that own investigator in your life. Um, I've got a, I, I call it a, a board of directors in my life. So I have three people that I go to um, when I need support advice or I, I feel like I need some innovation or an idea and they're the three people that I can trust to go to. And it's, it's not, you know, projections. It's just like, maybe this, this could be a good idea or, okay, well let's, and it, I, I use that environment to help me, you know, bounce off other people so that I can help problem solve. 
And like, oh. you know, the, the, the biggest thing is like as humans, like I think this is so huge. Like if we don't feel connected or we don't feel safe, it's usually because we just don't feel like anyone's around and we feel lonely. So yeah. as soon as like for you, for example, like it's really cool because you're like, well, in your brain, like, you know, one of your values, you might be like, oh, I need support from people who who I love and love me and that's going to give me the opportunity to be like all right I feel safe enough to pursue what I want to pursue with confidence and you're you're you already went down the list too and this is all like cool cognitive behavioral therapy stuff where you can be like you know all right well I'm going to write the end of the script and this is what my script looks like (laughs) and like that's amazing because no one does it it's crazy like and and it's not because they choose not to it's because they're yet to realize that it's actually a formula. I feel, mm, mm. you know, you might be onto a little, little side hustle think tank business oh, strategy. Oh, there. Are we starting a side business right now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Bring no. to life. Wait, yeah, man, I, I totally agree with that. And that's so true. I guess I hadn't thought about it that way is it was very much that introspective time that kind of gave me the ability to do it. And you kind of made me think about it with that board of directors idea, because I actually think it was at this time. And I didn't specifically plan to use this or do this or whether it really happened at all. I can't remember closely, but I'd read Think and Grow Rich, that book. Um, That's a good book. Hill, I'm pretty sure it is. Anyway, there's, there's a part of the book where he talks about at nighttime or, you know, he would essentially look like he's just doing some prayers. But what he would do was go in within kind of thing. And he had this table of people throughout history that he thought would be valuable to give him advice on what he was doing, you know, what the next step was. And it was presidents and famous people, celebrities or athletes. So he'd had this board and I did think like whether I consulted them, I don't know, but you know, I, I have kind of thought that like you do have a lot of it within you through history and learning about other people and obviously physical people that you can bounce the ideas off. But um, that, again, that's, that's just coming from within that confidence and that ability and that self uh critique that allows you to make those powerful decisions and without that you go on autopilot and you stay with what's more comfortable and safe i think yeah and you know that's like it's a it's a pretty easy thing like you know how what what about a life of like you know just normal job just being happy happy with a normal job and going down the the nine to fives working yeah, yeah, yeah. having your weekends off like it's not a bad thing like i say this to people all the time no. like it's it's not a bad thing and because like entrepreneurship and you know being your own business owner and whatnot it, it is very uh, in this day and age it's like fantasized with a lot they're like oh yeah gonna do this and this but i'm not gonna work for it and yeah they they, they paint this picture right but they just don't understand that it requires strategy and implementation and it must be done like not even correctly but consistently obviously is the biggest yeah. thing um like you can be doing the you, things you don't want to do as well 100 percent. <laughs> and it's just like you could do the worst job in the world but if you did it like once a day or twice a day every day for the next three years you'd still be probably like two years ahead of someone who did a better job than you that's what yeah, I think's yeah, wild yeah. <laughs> because yeah, like so, so many people stop and start and they're always like, Oh, this happened. It's like, well, in life, you know, you're going to get punched in the face. So just get a, a bit more like calluses around the face and it'll, it'll hurt less, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be brutally honest. And, you know, I'll, you know, some people listening in might be like, Oh, but like, you just don't understand. And it's like, well, maybe that's just a story that you're telling yourself that's creating the end result in the script. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's so true. It's like, and yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because like, I think it's wild, right? Because we're like, we're in this journey in life. We're in this process and you know, you think about a movie and it's just like, do you watch the movie with all the action and all the drama and all the, the shit going down? Or do you watch the movie where it's like, I drove to school and my kid wasn't kidnapped. And then I went home and had a nice Thanksgiving dinner and that was it. It's like, no, it's boring. (laughs) Sure. It's nice. Like it's wholesome, but like, you know, everyone unconsciously does understand that to get somewhere you do need to go through this leveling system and continually go up and up and up, as you know, with your own experiences um, in more detail, could you explain exactly what you do and how your own leveling system has over time progressed? Yeah, like within my training or Pro, yeah. your 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 training and uh, your retreats, um, and also how you continue to increase pricing and yeah. have that belief to do that too. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I guess first of all, I'll go through kind of the training. So my philosophy that I kind of learned this is off the back of launching my own business and kind of what the premise of it was I, my brand's called rise performance rise being the keyword I added performance because you know rise was taken somewhere so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to make it sound like it's more health and fitness related so rise though was a word I came up with because what I really wanted to embody and coach and share was progress progress in your life progress in your training progress in your mindset blah 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 so rise came because I thought progress was a boring word. So <laughs> what's a word that I can thesaurus that sounds more exciting that means moving forward, upwards, or improving? Rise. That's where it came from. So everything I tend to do is comes back to that, like in terms of training and business specifically anyway, but really life as, as we all do, right? I think we all do that in some state. Uh, that's the gamification of life and what we love. It's trying to improve and become better in all states. Um not everyone, but yeah. Anyway, that's my approach. So training is about that. It's about, you'll if you see my training, it's heavy lifting. It's ability to run, ability to swim, handstands, Olympic lifting, ring muscle ups. You know, it's widely varied. And this year I'm chasing full middle split. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's that generalist approach of being able to, you know, I guess jack of all trades is one way of looking at it, but having dipping the toe and kind of, exploring what the body's capable of in its so many different um, possible pathways and rabbit holes that can go down. I love that. And I love sharing that. And I think by doing that, you kind of create this, this body that is capable of withstanding, you know, anything really, it kind of gets thrown at it to a certain degree, but also you don't run into those mental blocks or those haphazard injuries of becoming a specialist and going all down one route. Obviously, that doesn't work if you're an Olympic athlete or whatever it might be, or you just like powerlifting. But for those who who just want to explore life and see what you're capable of and, you know, throw as much different things at your mind that you can, I really rate that as as kind of a training philosophy for life. Keeps it interesting as well. Uh, So my programs, my training, my experiences, everything is built on that in that there's always a progression, which most of us know anyway, but there's always a progression and I will only teach it if I've been able to do it um, generally. And then the experiences themselves are very much promoted in that you come do it and come back and be better. So the training camps I run at my family farm in the Southern Highlands, 
I have so I have something I call a risability course, uh, and it involves. Let me see if I can rack this off. It's been a while since I've done it. I've been traveling, but it starts off with a log flip for about twenty meters. You know, end to end, flipping it over, bringing it back, uh, and then you go straight into a uh, hundred juggles, three ball, and then from there you go on to this little course I've got. These outdoor bars I've built, which is a five meter balance beam, uh, a parallel bar arm walk monkey bars and then rope traverses you do that twice i believe uh and then straight into a ideally it's double body weight but scaled if needed farmers carry for 20 meters hope everyone's standing here with me (laughs) (laughs) and then there's a uh, log clean and press uh for five reps again it's like 25 percent. oh sorry 50 percent body weight or something like that or a bit more basketball shots three of them i gotta get ball in there somehow (laughs) three jump shots made around the key uh, and then am I missing anything? Handstand, it's either 30 seconds free or 90 seconds chest to wall, which is brutal at that point. Uh, what else? Soccer juggles on the feet. You got to get 20, I think it is. Football, soccer, whatever term we're going for. And then Atlas stone up to the shoulder, back down. Uh, you got to get, Whoa. depending on the weight you pick is how many reps. So if it's like body weight, it's like five body weight stone. Um, you know, less, more, et cetera. Yeah. And you do that for time. And I've got it down to under 10 minutes and I'm currently holding that title. So I need to have more people to the farm, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that people come and do. It tests their wide variety of skills, which I think, you know, so much people are getting into more. CrossFit is a hybrid of weightlifting, gymnastics, and now there's a huge cardiovascular element to it as well. Any of these challenges that are often run in gyms, they're a mix of either strength and cardio and hit, whatever. People mm-hmm. like being more dynamic. I think it's the athlete of the future as well. Um, and then the thing missing that I feel like I'm implementing, personal opinion, uh, is the mind element. So the ability to adapt to skills and learn new skills and do them really quickly. That person that is adapted could pick up juggling balls and get to it, you know, because they're that in tune and they can problem solve it really quickly. So I think adding that element of brain and body and mind muscle connection and skill ability to develop quickly not only can we do cool shit and train well and we're never bored of our training because there's so much to do, but also like your attitude towards life, like go and learn to skateboard or make that jump and launch your business. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you facilitate it in much smaller ways through your training, which has given you the confidence, the ability, the, the background to be able to take a stab at this kind of stuff. All right, that's the that's, movement side. I've drifted off a little huge. bit there, haven't I? But <laughs> that, that's cool, but because the thing I like about that is like, you know, obviously from being in an industry and stuff is like you're setting the standard and, you know, you, you live and buy your philosophy, whereas there there is like a, a majority out there who, one, don't set a standard for themselves and then they expect that they can help people and, two, they don't even know what their mission or their values or their philosophy is. So it's good that you kind of project that out there and you'd be like, look, like this is what I enjoy and this is why and this is how you can, you know, test yourself in this realm because that allows people to be like, all right, am I capable of more too? Because the thing in life, like, like you said, the skateboard, um, doing some of your testing, whatever it is, is like, you know, we all, we all know like the zones of like, um, you know, we've got comfort zone, we've got growth zone, we've got unknown zone, blah, blah, blah. And like, whenever we get inside of that, like growth zone and the unknown zone, like, or unknown growth zone, whatever it is, I can't actually remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, particularly it's, that's when you start like improving in, in anything in life. And it could literally be like, oh, 
juggling or it could be like today I'm going to try and do a single leg squat on a, a, yeah, a balance yeah. bar or whatever it is. And, and like when you start to, you real, when you have the, the conscious realization that you're only one decision away from actually changing your life and it could be by juggling, like, you know, mm-hmm. juggling's so sick. I juggle. I love it. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm still working toward, towards the, the four balls. So, um, <laughs> I can do single, single hands with, uh, two balls and stuff, but, um, the thing I like about it is it's like, it's doing so many things for you. It's like one, it's keeping you present because you can not juggle and think about anything else. Otherwise you're just going to drop the balls Two, It's working yeah. on like the gray, gray matter in the brain. So it's so well for your, your brain and, and the way that you start to cognitively think too. Like, it's just like, mm. it, it's, it's a prime example of nothing needs to be as complex as you actually, as you think as well. Totally. Totally. And then applying that on a bigger scale, like you said, the gray matter and white matter, which mm. is storage of memory and then connecting more pathways in the brain. So even just by learning juggling, which someone can do in 10 minutes, right? Like, like you've just talked about, they can master a three ball juggle if they got the right direction, but most people can pick it up as is kids. will. neuroplasticity is high. Um, you think, okay, I can do that. What else can I do? Like you said, like there's capacity for more. It opens the door to what else can I be? What else can I do? What else can I get better at? Mm. And I think, bud, uh, just to kind of bring that physical thing to a close of like the progress element of it. If we are progressing in our movement and we're getting better and we're finding enjoyment in the learning new skills and we're increasing our neural pathways in our brain, I think that has the capacity, I believe, to rid us of so many of the mental, social, cognitive, physical you know, issues and diseases that we're kind of putting up with. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's cured or everything, but I'm just saying it's a massive piece of the puzzle that if you're putting the work in there and enjoying it, and, you know, you're, you're back to your roots of moving your body, which is really where our brains first formed. That's mm. that's the reason most animals have a brain. There's a good TED talk on it by Daniel Walport, actually. It's about there's a jellyfish in the ocean and it swims, swims, swims. It's got a brain. As soon as it fixes itself to the seabed or whatever it does, it becomes a piece of coral. The first thing it devours is its brain. No more movement, no need for a brain. So I think if we come back to, like, that's a lot of where we where we progress from. If we learn new mm. things, that's how our brain develops, even from a baby growing up. And juggling, proven, gray and white matter, rose, uh, perfect example of that. So it's kind of like, yes, progress, get better. But it's also like, why are you moving? You know, what's the reason mm. behind it? Does someone tell you to? Or is it just to lose fat? Or is it to get strong? Or is it to kind of like actually expose your body to new things, learn new things, and reap the benefits of just like a lifelong exploration of seeing what your body can do mm. and it's just like it's it's just like that question like because as you know like when you you train someone new as a pt or you take on a new client as a banker or whatever it is there's always that deeper meaning towards their why they're actually doing it and it usually comes from not i want a, a great example is it's just like the go-to is like i don't i want to lose weight and it's like why do you want to lose weight it's like Oh, just feel more confident. It's like, oh, why do you want to feel more confident? Because I don't feel confident in myself right now. Why don't you feel confident enough in yourself right now? Because someone told me that I look like a piece of shit. Who told you that you look like a piece of shit? My dad told me that I look like a piece of shit. So you now feel like you're unworthy. Um, and you're never going to really be where you want to be until you build confidence in yourself. But you know, losing weight doesn't always do that either. So when you anchor that, you know, and we just went down about five levels there, but like when you, you realize that it's like, it's just that one thing and it's just like, well, you know, your dad loved you. And he only said that as a way that 
he only knew how to express himself that way. And it's like, bang, cool. All right. Well, he was just doing the best he could with what he could do. Forgiveness, happy days. Boom. I can now move on from that or whatever Mm. it is. And it's just like all these particular things that like everything is just spawned from one question and it just blows my mind. Hey, it just blows my mind that it's like literally so surface, but it can go, it's like swimming. It's like, um, paddy diving. You, you need to, you get your level one or even before you get your level one, you just like float in the water and you get used to, you know, controlling your, your state. And yeah. then after you can understand how to regulate your state, then you can go a little bit deeper, your paddy one, and then you go a little bit deeper, paddy two. And then from there, you're like, you go down the bottom and you're like, holy shit, there is a whole nother world down here. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. that's opportunity in life. Like there is a whole nother world out there for anyone who just mm. asks the question. Yeah, he's willing to go deep enough. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like if, that. Exactly. If you can't That's tell, right. I love analogies. <laughs> <laughs> Live for. <laughs> yeah, analogies and metaphors. Um, so diving back into like your business model and such. So yeah, talking about the mental side of you know, you know, asking yourself the question: How did you go through the process of increasing your prices, um, and creating new programs and experiences, and having yeah. that, I guess, like confidence to commit to it as well yeah cool so something there's two things that were really important for me over time like one thing I learned through uh being in the gyms when the gyms did price increases which I facilitated because it's a great way to grow their business you know like you can increase your prices um and then you can stand to lose a few people but you end up making more from a profit perspective anyway and generally that means business is better you can re-inject more money into the business make it a better client experience so to speak so but one thing I learned there was it's never about like, hey, we bought a new treadmill. We're putting our prices up. <laughs> That's yeah, not yeah. how it should work. Do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So it, it kind of, it shouldn't be, yes, of course, you do something that costs more. Like let's say it's a retreat or an experience and you go to a more fancy location. Of course, there's new costs incurred with that. But just on what you were already offering and increasing the price. Um, what I think it comes back to is initially, and I do this with a lot of the coaches and gym owners I know who kind of just pull numbers out of nowhere. It's like, how much do you charge as a PT? Oh, hundred. Why? I don't know. It seems like a good number and it's competitive with what other people are doing. You know, mm. I think people will pay that. You know, it's where a lot of people go. And this is a good task for any PTs or people listening to this. Even if you're just running your own business, I think it's a handy thing. Write down from your time perspective, everything that you do as part of that service. So the face-to-face session that goes for an hour, the background programming work and stuff like that that takes you 15 minutes a week, the onboarding call that goes for an hour or half an hour, the group chat feedback on form coaching, all those things, whatever it is. And same for a retreat or an experience, you know, like breaking down each piece. And once you've got it all laid out, work out what your hourly rate is, which will be based off what you've either charged before working for someone else or working for yourself. Uh, and then, you know, you splinter stack it by adding more value to it. So for example, the PT that's just doing a one hour session a week, if they add programming via an app, boom, their prices can go up more value. So that can change your hourly rate. But ideally you've just got a fixed hourly rate. Let's say it's a hundred bucks. You do a half an hour onboarding call, that's 50 bucks. You see them for an hour a week, it's a hundred bucks each week of that program. I'm using a PT as an example because mm-hmm. that's my bread and butter, but you know, this can be applied to anything. And then all of a sudden you've got the total cost of this service that you're providing. Let's say it's a thousand dollars, you know, but you might be like, there's no way someone's going to pay me a thousand dollars for this. <laughs> so then you can choose what you're going to charge for it based off what the market will bear. Yeah. So for example, uh, it's a thousand dollars for a 12 week program 
but I'm going to sell it at 500 bucks a pop. Now I'm going to let people know though, that they're getting a thousand dollar program, which I'm offering at the moment because it's the first iteration of it or whatever reason at $500. You're anchoring the price higher, but then you're starting there. And then what that gives you is this buffer zone of 500 bucks to work out what the market will bear. So if I stayed at 500 bucks, it's, it's a poor business model. I'm losing money on every program I run, blah, blah, blah. That's a good place to start though. If you're not confident with what you're going to charge or what it's going to be. And this is what I've done with my products, my five and 25 course, which is the short course for PTs to gain clients. I started that out in the first phase at 400 Aussie, uh, for the program. And then basically every phase of that, I upped it by 50 until I could fit based off feedback of people going, this is amazing. You know, it's worth more than I paid for it. Great result, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of hit a point where I was having more sales consults than not that started saying, Oh, I got to think about it. Or that's, you know, I don't know if I can afford that right now. I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm kind of hitting what the market will bear there at that price, you know? Yeah. So I think that like not on, not pulling a number out of nowhere for any service is really important. And I've always done that with that because I learned that from those gyms that you shouldn't pull a number out of anywhere. And it also shouldn't be because you've gone and done something or it's better this time. Like this service is more or less the same for them and someone new joining wouldn't know the difference. And then figuring out what you feel comfortable starting at. And then gradually, maybe it's every six months, maybe it's every phase. If it's like a course like mine, uh, finding out what the market will bear reasonably, because at the end of the day, you are doing them a sweet deal because it is worth so much more. And that's the classic thing in our industry that we over deliver. Yeah. We under promise and over deliver, so to speak. So I think that's fine to begin with, but really, if you want to have a profitable model or whatever it is, we're going very businessy here. But anyway, it's so fun. It, it should <laughs> make that progress towards what it's actually worth, you know, mm-hmm. unless you hit that ceiling of we're in a recession and people just can't pay for it or whatever it might be, you know, COVID, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. That's kind of how I've gone about pricing my products. So it's literally my hourly rate versus the time I've put into it, uh, writing programs, filming content, whatever it might be then figuring out what I think is a fair price to begin with, considering it's either an unproven product or I haven't got many success stories on it yet. And then as I have success with it, I build it up. Yeah. That's epic. That's cool. Because like the thing is like, what I love is when that's a, that's a system, that's a structure, that's someone that someone be like, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and it's like, that could be the sentence that someone needs to listen to. Like I remember I had a podcast a bit ago um, with a, a good friend of mine actually does um some of my jumps on my retreats, but he's a, a digital marketer, but he does mindset. He said something on this podcast and he said, if you don't jump into your business and fully commit, then you like, you, you're just not an entrepreneur. Like you just need to fully commit to what you're going to do, do it right. And, you know, know your worth as well. And yeah, yeah. he, he, we chatted. I mean, one of the particular things he said to me off podcast, the podcast and in person is, you know, you need to understand like what your system is how to price it. If it's over, if it's like overvalued, it, are you getting paid like, you know, an equal exchange for it or is it way overpriced and you just like want too much for it because you're like getting more greed than like serving and all these particular yeah. things. And it's, it's always interesting because like a lady who listened to that podcast when he, he said that sentence about like, just go all in or whatnot. She jumped all into her, her business. What's the practicality of it? Yeah. Pragmatic ability to just go simply like that rather than, mm. because I find, I don't know about you, but like that then feeds other things. You know what I mean? Like in that, 
maybe it's a number pulled out of nowhere. So then all of a sudden they kind of treat programming like that as a PT. And then, mm. you know, it's, it's session by session. There's no major structure behind it or planning session percent or tracking data. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think in business, like entrepreneurs, especially if we're on that topic, we're so usually creative and like to follow the shiny things and do this yeah, and mate. that and all those things. <laughs> but, but um, what we can really, like if we can find freedom within the structure, we'll often do really well. Like if there's, there's reasoning behind it and there's a process to it, and I've definitely had that trouble over the years for sure, you know, but the more we can refine it now, okay, what's the thing that is going to be most important right now? What will move the pin forward? And then what is the structure to make it happen mm-hmm. and get there? Uh, accountability for lack of a better word but yeah 100 and i like before i think it was before we started the potty you talked that you're listening to like alex mosey or you might have said it yeah. at the start and yeah, i love what he says where he says like no is the job yeah yeah yeah, yeah. don't be afraid of the no seek the no yeah, yeah you can figure out like what it is that you're like you're missing as well yeah whether it be pricing or whether it be the actual value that you're adding in or or whatnot yeah, um, man, for sure. Diving into, you know, what it, what it kind of like influenced you along this journey. Like, has there been any particular books or mentors that have helped you direct yourself on this path? Whew, so many, my man, so many. Um, how to refine that list down. <laughs> so I guess the first one I'll shout out, my partner. She's amazing. Uh, my partner definitely has always been a bit of a North star guiding me, you know, like I, I feel like I'm fortunate. I've been in a relationship where she will just say, go for it. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people aren't in that position. There's definitely people in my life that are kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is my number one. And she always challenges me to think bigger and is really uh, behind the scenes of what has made me who I am in a lot of ways. Uh, I guess books, things, we go from there. Tribes by Seth Godin was a bit of a catalyst book for me in terms of leadership. I read it when I was managing that vision gym. I, from that point, then turned that gym into like a crazy success. Not just me, but, you know, mm-hmm. as part of that journey. Um, so that was a really big book for me that made me want to be a leader, made me want to step up, made me want to be confident, made me want to be you know, uh, I guess a shining light in people's lives so that they can mm. do more, be more, feel better, etc. Now, the thing that I took time with was that it wasn't about me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really like I want to facilitate those things for sure. But the thing is, like, it's my way of giving back in a lot of ways. You know, I don't know how much we get in the universe here, but the whole give and take scenario. Uh, that book those experiences kind of gave me that recognition that this is my gift. This is how I give back to people rather than just being like the money oriented. And I'm very salesy. So like, I have no problem talking about money, but recognizing that trade. And that's where a lot of my confidence came within that as well. Like I'm giving you gifts, you're giving me the money or whatever it is, the service trade, the chicken for the eggs, you know, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So other books, things that I really rate, uh, this is one's a bit, out there off the cusp but dinosaur training by brooks okay. Budick is i've never heard of alternative it of old man's strength training book uh it broke the paradigm for me in terms of the usual powerlifting and gym and it was probably one of the things that put me on a bit of a, a track towards not just being so plain jane pt in the gym kind of thing which gave me my uniqueness in a lot of ways and it's also just a hilarious book where he rips on the the big chain gyms and he calls yeah. them the um 
silver fern paradise or something like that. <laughs> like it's, it's hilarious. But anyway, that's really cool. So that was another big book for me. Hormozy has been instrumental uh, recently. I just listen to his stuff, his podcasts. I check out the free resource on his website. That's been really good for me in the last year, uh, traveling online, becoming more digital marketing orientated and, you know, selling more essentially uh, just on my own. Who else do we got? I do a shout out to Keegan Smith. Uh, I did his stuff back in 2015, which was really good. Real Movement Project. And then more recently in his Uncommon Success Program. Um, again, just someone that you could bounce ideas off that would challenge you. I really appreciate having a good coach like that. Um, who else? And then one other, uh, Scott Mather is a guy who was actually one of my first clients at the Vision Gym. And, you know, we're still friends to this day. He lost 40 kg of weight. He's run a crazy amount of marathons. Uh, he's also been my accountant. Oh, that's <laughs> and true. he ended up taking my position in managing that gym after I left. And now he part owns it. So, you know, we've kind of supported each other slash footsteps of each other. And, you know, just having someone like that, that again, has been He's probably been really supportive of my dreams, but at the same time being critical of like that other person mm. that brings you back to earth. Like, is this really what you want to be doing? You know what I mean? Order directors. So, yeah. There's a couple of people in a couple of books. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think if you take one away, finding, uh, finding a podcast that you actually enjoy listening to that, you know, you don't get lost in the voice. I find Homos is great for that. Uh, and then finding a book or two is really good, but yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy good at the old personal development, to be honest. I've read quite a few books and I've listened to quite a few podcasts. I definitely don't do it daily or weekly. Mm. Uh, I'm not someone who crushes a hundred books a year yeah. in that I'm very keen to, when I do something, I want to apply it and I want to make sure I use something from it or disregard it rather than just reading books to read books and reading podcasts, mm. I listen to podcasts and listen to podcasts. Now that works for some people, but. I guess I'm much more of a practical get in and do it kind of thing and learn by experience and on the job. Um, yeah. That's epic. Um, touching on obviously like that's shifted your own perspective and your own your journey. What's been one of the, the biggest things that you've come across in your travels that's shifted your perspective or in travel itself that's allowed you to be like, wow. Mm, good one. I think it was probably launching this new, uh, this course, I run this five and 25 course and basically shifting my business online. Uh, when I had people book in paying for that and getting great results, because like I'd mentored PTs in outdoor, in the park and in gyms and helped them get to 30 clients, you know, first six months after they've become a PT or three months, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, this is an online capacity where people around the world were kind of learning from me overnight. Like I'd wake up in the morning and I'd get a message from the guy in the UK going, dude, your course is awesome. I've learned so much. And I just signed five clients. And I'm like, oh, that's rad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> that was an epiphany for me. That was like, mm. okay, I can do this. Like, this is a thing. People want what I have to offer. Um, they're getting results from it. And it's actually having a life-changing effect on them. And I could scale it. I can scale this thing. Like, again, it's that entrepreneur thing. If I sacrifice what I need to do and put the work in, like this is actually a viable option for me to either either live this way or work this way kind of thing. So that's probably not what you're looking for, but that's... No, it works. <laughs> that it was, works. Because it's one kind of the bigger experiences. And then Spain was the same. So Spain's my training experience. I took over there. I had 10 people come from around the world to spend six days with me at the coolest gym in the world. Uh, and again, that kind of epiphany of like, wow, you know, I, I know in my town, in my suburb, in my country, 
find people will buy from me and do that. But now to have people buying my products online and traveling halfway around the world to spend a week with me or for those that are already halfway around the world, uh, that was really cool. That was big for me. Yeah, big wins. And that's huge because like, I think that's like, the biggest thing is like when you have the realization that you can do something out of nothing and it's all really about how resource resourceful you are, not what resources you have. That's when you start to yeah. realize that you're, you're not really limited. You're not really stuck and you can do whatever you want in life. Totally. But it just comes yeah. down to a numbers game sometimes. Like I don't like to, you know, there's, there's some things out there and I'm, I'm pretty clear about this on like podcasts or when I do events, I'm like, I'm not a guru. I'm not a mindset coach. I'm just a person who allows you to become present on a day and you get to have some fun and then whatever happens, happens essentially. And you know, that comes down to it's hard. And if you want it to, you know, succeed, then you do what's necessary. And when you Mm. learn to do what's necessary and then you stop putting your emotions into, you know, Oh, I've got to feel okay today too. I'm just not feeling it today. And, you know, at the end of the day, self-care is great, but, you know, not re- taking responsibility, responsibility isn't great because it's, it's storming outside here on this, the sunny coast. Well, not stormy, but it's like cloudy and it was raining for a bit, but like it, what is that going to stop you from going from a run? Like you yeah, committed yeah, to yourself yeah. today. Like, you know what I mean? Like what, like what's the bullshit excuses that you're holding on to your life? And I did a podcast with another guy the other day and he's got a, program called cut the bullshit and it's a taking full account account accountability of your life and um just essentially like just being honest with yourself but the the cool thing is it's just like everyone just needs a little bit more of honesty and just being mm. like all right all right i have i have to send 900 messages today how am i going to do that the most efficient way not oh it's going to be hard pick pick your, your narrative and pick the story that you're going to tell yourself <laughs> holy moly that's a lot <laughs> yeah 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 no for sure bro for yeah, sure. yeah i think that's you know what, I, I'd love to dive into this just a little bit here quickly because I find we have like, we have Alex Hormozy and people like that who say, you know, uh, it's just do more volume, right? Mm. And then, you know, there's David Goggins fucking doing David Goggins stuff uh, and being the difference, running through the mud at frigging midnight because, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's what he does. Uh, and then there's a there's a really good quote. Again, I'm not going to be able to remember who this is. But anyway, we learned this one more real way. We're at, um, in Bali, actually. And someone actually said it to my partner. She was doing a yoga course there. And it was one of the, like, uh, yogis. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you know, we all have – everyone has their version of heaven or whatever it is. You know what I mean? But for the majority, we're not willing to die to get there. And if you look past that, and they're the obvious, I'm just explaining here. It's kind of like we're not prepared to do the work to get the shiny result or the lifestyle or the dream that we're after because we don't want to give up what we have to be able to become that. And whether that's, you know, frigging gaming or watching movies or hanging out with friends on the weekend or whatever it is, like, again, I'll reference Alex or Mosey talks about not going home for Christmas because he finds it's an environment that just pulls him down and pulls him back to who he once was when he's trying to be this new. Well, I guess what I'm rounding out to here is that there's a big gap between what you might call as an extremist, you know, which is Goggins and people like that, or these entrepreneurs, they're a very low percentage, right, who have achieved this amazing thing to then relating that to the everyday person who's looking at that going, oh, I want that. But really, it's like the intentions don't match the goal there. It's like, I'm not prepared to give up 
what I do to be that thing, you know, that they have given up a lot. They've sacrificed mm. a lot, whether it's time, energy, money, friendships, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that's the part that maybe we're becoming more aware of, but I think if we could bring it up in this podcast, mm. for people to be more aware of is what is that gap there? And does that involve sacrificing things that you don't actually want to let go of? Therefore, those people that you're idolizing and wanting to be like and sad, depressed, unhappy that you're not them, that's not really what you want deep down because what you want deep down is to keep what you have. And that is a really clear decision to choose. It's like, which one do I want? And neither is right or wrong or both, you know, it's kind of like, but the clarity around that I think is key because that's really big for me, you know, and, and I've, to be honest, I've had to revisit that time and time again. It's like, am I prepared to do this stuff for that? Because um, it's parts of it suck. Mm, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah. And even just looking at the clarity, right? Like it, people talk about like the top 1%. Oh, I want to be a part of the top 1% in the world. And it's just like, what's he want to be like with Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and all these people? Um, sure. It's possible. Anything's possible, but there's a gun. There's a lot of sacrifices that come with that. I'm, yeah. I'm happy personally, top 20%. Because that, you know, like that's 250 or I think it was like $300,000 a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, still pretty good. The normal average wage is anywhere between what, like 50 to 70 at the moment. Mm. I think it is, um, you know, like that's, that's nearly trip. Like that's over triple, you know what I mean? And, you know, sure. You get, you get more successful, whatever, whatever happens, happens like no attachment to it, but People are being like this, I want 1%. But there's people out there who are at that 1% and like, like I know friends who are millionaires, like generate millions of dollars a year, but some of them are really unhappy, you know, like yeah, yeah. They're, they're searching, they're continuously searching to be like, to be happy. And they're going through say girlfriends or they're going through like cars or they're going through whatever it is. And they're just not happy. And it's like, well, I'd rather be happy and have like, have what I have at a lower tier than, and embrace that, but still be successful versus being up here and being super unhappy and never being content with every, anything and then constantly searching yeah. for something. So it's like, where, yeah. like you said, where's that level? Where's your level at? <laughs> yeah. And what's the balance? And it's kind of funny that, you know, I think it's, looked at in that way it's like i don't have money so i'm not happy or it's like i have so much money and that's why that person's not happy you know mm. but it's obviously so much more diabolical than that so much more going on and mm. and meaning you know maybe that person doesn't have movement quality relationships in their life that's off the top there and then the other side does because they have time for it and they have prioritized the things that give them that outcome anyway i'm no expert on that but that's a little yeah. bit of a grain of salt it's, in my opinion yeah yeah oh 100 and yeah it's one of those things like everyone everyone has their own answer they just have to um ask the question yeah so Andy. for someone who's listening in today and let's just say that they're they're starting a business oh sorry um not starting a business they're in the process of being in a business and you know they don't have that environment what would you advice would you give to them that would allow them to one excel in their environment and find the right people to be around in their life so that they can progress with fulfillment, I guess you could say. 
Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, this is what I had, I guess, at uh, my time at Vision. I was there for seven years, just to give you an exact example, where I was managing the gym. Uh, I had got to a point where I'm like, everyone, the good people are the people in here, but I'm not inspired. Like I, for what I wanted to do anyway, you know, everyone has different preferences of where they're at. I got to a point where I went, either I need to leave or I need to find external inspiration, motivation, you know, education, whatever the things might be. Um, so I outsourced it and that worked for a while and I hit all my major goals within that place. And then I hit a point where I'm like, gotta go. You know, I, I gave 12 months notice and ended up leaving and that's when I opened my own business. So I guess for someone who's in that position, that's either, either is starting a business or in a business and they're, they're feeling like they're capable of more and they're not really, uh, thriving for lack of a better word. I think. It, you need to either look for external and that's where you're, you know, taking on uh, some coaching or business sales, whatever it might be to upskill yourself in any variation of that. Or you're looking at the relationships within and the environment within and going, where do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And why am I not putting myself in an environment that's already filled with those people? You want to be a bodybuilder, go join a bodybuilder gym with a heap of bodybuilders, best place for you. Yeah. You, you want to be, wealthy or you want to focus on your sales go hang out with freaking salesmen and spend more time networking with salespeople listen to where they talk check out their sales pages online and start researching that you know what i mean so mm. i think that's that's a big thing and then finally i really like what you talked about which is something i call a support triangle you were talking about having like your board of directors so to speak um having someone for training having someone for finance and business and having someone for emotional and support and relationships separate people not the same person a lot of us just dump that all in our partner and that's not fair like one in each someone that will make you get extra reps in training someone will tell you that you're spending too much and you're gonna fuck up the dax and then the relationship one is there to talk to you when you're going through struggles with family or friends or whatever it might be having someone in your corner for each of those categories i think is really valuable if you can manage that and pull it off um yeah that kind of adds to that a little bit i think and that's like so good because like i feel like that's something i learned well, I guess fine on late feels like I, le- I learned that late that, you know, for me, it's just like, it's the simplest thing, but it didn't click for me for quite a while. It's like, if you want to get better at your finances, go see someone in that area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, like, like, you know what I mean? But it's like, oh no, I've got to figure it out. Yeah. yeah professionals, yeah. you can pay a professional. You can go on Google right now and you can be like, search anything. You can go on. Do you know what, like, you've probably heard of this already, like chat, uh, GBT or whatever it is where you've, you got, you go on this AI system and I actually created like an ebook the other day on it. Cause I was really curious, gave me exactly word for word. I wrote on there, like say it in a childish way with like analogies and metaphors and blah, 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 did everything <laughs> like, like, you know, like just something fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, you just, and this everything just goes well one ask yourself the question and two take yourself out of your own shoes to actually try and solve the problem if you're a professional in that field and if you can't answer that then you need to find a professional in that field yeah totally totally put yourself in that environment i fully agree with that and that's something for me i've gone through lately it's kind of like i've kicked off this program and a lot of entrepreneurs and soul traders have this right where i've kind of got to the point now where i'm like okay this is doing well i've got better but like who's doing this around me 
Mm. I don't really know that many people and that's on me. I need to go network more and find more people like this so I can bounce ideas, share and be inspired by like who are the people slightly further on the track and whatever it might be. Mm. Yeah, 100%. For that, that's excellent. Like I feel like there was so much value in that. I had now have some speed questions. (laughs) (laughs) So you got to answer them as quick as you can. So what was the best advice you've ever been told? Uh, go big. Go big. Worst, <laughs> worst advice. Go home. Go home. <laughs> Favorite memory. Favorite memory. Um, uh, being in the delivery room and uh, catching and cutting the cord of my baby daughter. Yeah. And um, worst memory. Worst memory. It's not a specific time, but. Yeah. It is, I had asthma really bad as a kid and then we got a cat in my twenties and it came up again. I'm clearly allergic to cats, which I never realized. And I had this point where I was delivering PT sessions and I was doing all my normal stuff. This isn't now I've, I've overcome it again, but back then I was going back to being what I was like was a kid where I was trying to hide it. Like it was a weakness. Yeah. yeah interesting. Like I've got clients who have asthma and I tell them to go swimming and sort the shit out and eat well, yeah. you know, like, but I've got to <laughs> do that now. So it was kind of that, you know, facing that challenge and slaying that dragon and overcoming, but also the, the biggest thing was actually to be open and honest about it. So mm. I started leading with that and that was a game changer, but that was, yeah, that was tough at the time. If you had 24 hours and you had to start a completely new business, what would you do to make $10,000 in a week? a new business ten thousand dollars in a week um i would sell uh a year of programming to gyms cool love it all right um last thing where do you want to see yourself in the next five years next five years i uh intend on having uh, a team of staff up to 20 that's a big thing for me because the next phase that I'm really excited about is to create jobs. I think that's a really cool thing and a cool way to give back as well as it grows, you know, it helps me scale and grow, but just the idea of, I love mentoring people. So having people work for my brand would be even cooler. So in the next five years, having a team of 20, um, I'm already international, but scaling much larger in my scope of international, having clients in every continent, which I'm not far off now anyway. So that's probably a bit small. Um, Owning a house, being married, having three kids, having two dogs, Rottweilers, um, <laughs> traveling every year for experiences still, still going to Spain, yeah. but with groups of 20 and being the, I guess, go-to mentorship for gyms and PTs to really set the industry standard of, you know, delivering quality sessions, uh, getting results and kind of shifting the industry's perspective away from this short-term quick trick fix problem solving mm. attitude to more educational, more understanding. You can tell I haven't quite wrapped this out yet, but either way it's coming. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to be influential in the industry in that uh, Rise becomes a bit of a go-to you know, resource institute for health and fitness professionals to actually be making long-standing sustainable change in people's lives and know what they're doing. Yeah. Epic. And lastly, what's your favorite quote? Yeah. The mind once stretched uh, by a new idea never returns to its original dimensions. Ralph Waldo Emerson. That's a good one. I like that. 
<laughs> yeah, I've got about 10 I got memorized. That's yeah, my top yeah. one. That's so when I always come back to it, it comes back to the neural pathways like juggling. Once mm. stretched by a new idea, never returns to the original, original dimensions. Birth, starting a business, overcoming an issue, going through that hero's journey of slaying the dragon, you know, like your mm. brain has changed forever for more. Coming to one of your retreats, coming to one of my experiences, like that is a catalyst event that you're, bar- you're never going to be the same. You know mm. what I mean? Like the, the stuff you will go through. Uh, is life-changing and it's just wild because like you just don't realize the impact that it has on people Mm -hmm. like i actually had i didn't actually realize how impactful like these experiences can be on people until a week later you start getting messages and you know you start seeing like some testimonials and some reviews and and you're just like Oh wow! Like like you really liked the experience. That's cool. <laughs> like that's the funny thing because you you sometimes you just don't realize and when oh, you realize you realize that there's more power than you realize. Then you yeah. start to see the the real impact you can make. I guess. Well, that's um, it. It becomes not about you, right? It's it's mm. their experience of it, their journey. So you can only 100%. watch that. You can facilitate it, but you can only watch how it affects them or what they take on board. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, last question before we wrap this up. What's one sentence that you'd say to someone who is on the edge of their burnt out, they're depressed, they're anxious, they're sad, they're alone, and maybe they do want to end it all. Well, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cool. I guess, you know, this not being a specific area that I've given much advice in, uh, I would take, I guess, my coaching approach to it in that it would be whenever you feel like you're failing or you feel like you can't see a way out of where you are or, you know, you try to move mountains, but you're, you're tripping over little hills or something like that. I just made that one up. Um, <laughs> reduce the criteria to success is always the way forward. So whether it's in the gym, whether it's in business, whether it's in life and relationships, all that kind of stuff, something that has never failed me, uh, in the gym, it's easy, right? Progressive overload. But if we think of reduce the criteria, less weight on the bar, get your form right, you know, less pressure on yourself to meet and marry someone tomorrow and reduce the criteria as to where that begins. Where does it start with meaningful relationships? I didn't think I'd be giving relationship advice on this. <laughs> <laughs> Business, you know, you want to make millions of dollars and you want to change the world. Start by frigging selling a program for a dollar like start small or a hundred bucks, whatever, like get in the game and then start to grow and expand from there. Um, I believe in goal setting. I really rate it. I think it's really valuable. Uh, I think the compare and despair becomes an issue with not only other people, but your own goals and aspirations. So for those who are at that limit, let's call it, reduce the criteria success to success and just bring it down to its smallest baby bite-sized version of the things you want and go 100% at just starting to try to achieve that stuff, yeah? Mm. And start juggling. Yeah. You know, pathways, feel <laughs> yeah. it's fucking fun. It takes you 10 minutes and you get better at it. You can start getting better at something, you start feeling better. That's my mm. that's my version of life anyway. 100%. That's epic. Well, I just want to say thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate your your time and your wisdom, and we dive into a lot more than I, I thought we were going to dive into, so it was epic. Um, okay. For people who want to find you on social media, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on everything, but mostly uh, Instagram is probably my main place, rise underscore with underscore Nick. 
but it's the same on Twitter and YouTube across the board. Um, yeah, that's my socials. Epic. Well, I just want to say thanks so much for joining again. And no doubt there's some amazing things to come. I'm very excited to see you thrive and keep these experiences happening and epic to see more coaches thrive in, uh, in the environment that you're creating for them. Awesome, my man. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks so much for listening in, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member. Share us on social media, leave us a review, and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference, and you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in, and we'll see you next time.